This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of Finsider Daily right here on the Finsider, part of the SB Nation Network. And on today's episode, we break down the Miami Dolphins' third depth chart as they head into their Week 3 dress rehearsal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. How will the quarterback competition play out between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen? How will the offensive and defensive lines shape up? And what will happen to the linebackers once Rayquan McMillan and Kiko Alonso come back from injury? All of this and more on today's edition a Finsider Daily. And hello again and welcome to a special edition of Finsider Daily. I am your host, Josh Houts. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Houts, H-O-U-T-Z. And if I sound like I was whispering in the introduction, it's because I am holding my three-day-old child in my arms. Uh, quite the story there, in case you were not listening to the flagship station, the recap show after the Dolphins' 16-14 to loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And basically what happened, folks, was my wife woke me up in the middle of the night. It was around 4.30, said she was getting some contractions. We ended up waking up right then and there, waited for my sister-in-law to get down here. Uh, she had to stop for gas because my brother-in-law did not have the gas tank filled. She got to my house at about 5.52, 5.55 in the morning. This would have been Thursday morning. Uh, the hospital is 16 minutes away, so as you can expect, your boy drove really fast. Uh, Mach 50, it was like a scene out of The Fast and the Furious. Yes, The Rock is a bad actor. Yes, Vin Diesel is a bad actor. So perhaps I am destined for the big scenes. Perhaps this curly hair, this Charles Manson look that I do have is destined for the big scenes. And I am a future star of the Fast and the Furious franchise. But in all seriousness, I drove there. Uh, Again, we left the house at 5.55 and my wife gave birth at 6.15. So you can imagine if that was a 16-minute drive, how fast I was going. Uh, the water broke right before my very eyes while we were about five minutes away. So as you can imagine, quite scary, but my wife is a champ. She is a real MVP. She got me home in time to watch the Dolphins-Buccaneers game. Perfectly healthy baby girl, so we are absolutely blessed. So that is a story uh, 
for you to listen to on your drive into work. But what we're going to talk about today, and again, pardon me if I'm scatterbrained, pardon me if this is not the best episode I've ever done because for some reason I told Sutton and Kanata that I would do today that I did not have more important things to do than to sit here and record an episode of Finsider Daily for all of our Finsider maniacs. Is that an actual thing? We'll pretend it is. But today what we want to talk about is the Dolphins' upcoming depth chart versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I know I say Jaguars weird, please forgive me. But let's take a look at this. And the biggest thing that stands out is that Ryan Fitzpatrick was named the starter shortly after Brian Flores gave praise to him for what he did as a starter against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a lot of people are up in arms about this. A lot of people do not quite understand why Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback when he is a guy that many already know. Like, the verdict is already out on Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, to some fans, they're just wondering why he is the starter over a 22-year-old like Josh Rosen. And it's quite simple. Look at those first four games. They got the Baltimore Ravens at home, a team that they struggle with. They then play the New England Patriots, a team very, very familiar with Brian Flores. And Brian Flores is very, very familiar with them. Then they look towards the Dallas Cowboys. And then the Los Angeles Chargers. So that is a brutal four-game stretch for those of you keeping track at home. One of the hardest four-game slates in the entire NFL, I'd imagine. So to think here, sit here and say, why is Ryan Fitzpatrick, the savvy veteran, the guy that, you know, he has that Fitz magic mentality. There is a reason that he is still on an NFL roster. There's a reason he was brought in this offseason to compete with Josh Rosen, to compete with whoever was brought in to be the Dolphins' potential quarterback of the future. What better guy to learn from than Ryan Fitzpatrick? And I think that is what Josh Rosen has alluded to all offseason long, the perfect mentor. But if you're asking me why they are bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick to start the season, it's quite simple. Once you go Josh Rosen, you cannot turn back to, to Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's absolutely no way that you can spin that midseason. You know, you're not trying to win that bad, and that's kind of clear by what J- Stephen Ross has said this offseason. That's kind of clear. By what a lot of the national pundits are saying. The Dolphins have a brutal team. I know us as fans are not going to sit here and admit that. But to sit here and think that they're not going to throw Ryan Fitzpatrick out there behind what appears to be one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. Have him take those licks. Have him get his butt handed to him early on in the season and then transition flawlessly into the Josh Rosen era against the Washington Redskins at home. That will be week six after their week five bye. You then get 12 games to try to figure out what Josh Rosen is. I think what you've seen all offseason long is a guy that continues to get better, and that is all you can ask for from a guy that, you know, six offense corners in four seasons, 22 years old. You know, he didn't get the the right chance there in Arizona. You're starting to see with Kyler Murray. People are overreacting already about what Kyler Murray is, about his potential in that offense. So I think a lot of people just need to calm down and realize that this is what's better for a team that once you sit there and say that there is an open competition, once you sit there and try to at least show the rest of those that 53-man roster that you're trying to compete this year, it's hard to go with Josh Rosen, a guy who you hear about his body language, you hear about his leadership ability, whatever it may be. I think a lot of that stuff's overblown, but to sit here and say that a guy that has been around the league for 17 years like Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the clear-cut veteran, is not the clear-cut leader of that offense, that is crazy to me. They paid him that contract for a reason. Let him go out there and get his butt kicked transition into Josh Rosen, uh, but the biggest thing that irked me, obviously, was that it came out immediately after the Tampa Bay game, which Josh Rosen looked pretty good all preseason long. He's looked to me to be the more promising quarterback, but again, 
You're comparing a 37-year-old to a 22-year-old, so that is apples to oranges. We will see how this plays out. All we can do now is hope that Josh Rosen is the guy because if he is, again, you have that treasure trove of draft picks. You have all that money, all that space next season to pretty much do as you wish to build around him, to build a successful team, and that is what is in the Miami Dolphins' best interest. But enough about the quarterback position. We know that is the flashy topic. We know that is what everyone likes to talk about. But let's look down this offensive line depth chart, and that is probably where a lot of this season is riding, You know, whether that be the running game, whether that be the pass blocking, whatever it may be. Games are won and lost in the trenches, and the Miami Dolphins on the offensive side particularly is pretty bad. And you look at this depth chart, again, heading into the dress rehearsal, you don't know how much stock you put into this, but Laramie Tunsil will obviously be the starting left tackle. Behind him, we got Zach Sturp, we got Jared Jones-Smith, who is third on the depth chart. Uh, kind of an up-and-down performance over the last few weeks from Jones Smith. A guy that I do believe has potential as a depth piece and maybe, you know, in the future could be a starter in the league. But as of now, a guy that is <laughs> buried down the depth chart, again, behind one of the best left tackles in football. Uh, so Laramie Tunsil will be the absolute starting left tackle come week one of the season against the Baltimore Ravens, you know, unless injury for some reason were to hamper that. Next to him, we got Michael Dieter. We know the, the third-round pick out of... Wisconsin, a big guy, a big bruiser, graded a 91 on pro football focus, which is an absolute elite score. We know uh, Preston Williams the week prior had a 93, so these young guys are balling, and I know it's preseason. I know they're going against inferior competition as they might face as the starter uh, throughout the NFL season, but Michael Dieter looked like a monster, especially according to pro football focus. Yes, he had plenty of warts. Yes, it was not a perfect game by any means. As if you're on Twitter, you would see the different exchanges between everyone. But what you get is is a guy that is young. He is a rookie, and he the I mean he he resembles a guard, and that is something the Dolphins desperately desperately lacked for many years, dating back to the Tony Sperano days. So, tip of a hat to the Dolphins' uh, scouting department, at least for now, for finding a guy like Michael Dieter, the center Daniel Kilgore. That's pretty much solidified there. Chris Reed will be the backup behind him, so not too much. You know, not too much change on the left side. But when you go to the right side, that's where the issues lie. And Shaq Calhoun has been getting reps as the right guard. I do believe once the season starts, he could be that guy. We know Montario is the third on the depth chart. He is a guy that graded out pretty well against the Buccaneers. So it'll be interesting to see how he continues to progress. But right now, if you're asking me who will be the right guard, I do believe it'll be Shaq Calhoun, even though the depth chart says Jesse Davis. And that leaves Jesse Davis and Jordan Mills to battle it out at right tackle. Right now, Jordan Mills... Is first on the depth chart at right tackle. I do not think that is in the Dolphins' best interest. Again, if they think Jesse Davis needs to be a right guard, that could be why that is, you know, stated the way it is. But at the end of the day, I do not think Jordan Mills is a starting right tackle in the NFL. I do understand the Dolphins brought him in to do so to kind of take the place of Jawan James. So when you're looking back at it now, maybe that contract isn't so bad. I know he was just a, you know, a suitable right tackle, but. You're starting to see how hard it is to, to find offensive line help, and you can't tell me that as a bookend for the many years on the opposite side of Tunsil, you know, then you won't have this issue. So I do think the Dolphins could be regretting that. Uh, Will Holden's right behind. We know the Dolphins picked him up from the Cardinals. He is a guy that could also have potential down the road as a right tackle. Isaiah Prince, a rookie, has his ups and downs, but, I mean, that is a guy who I think could be a suitable starter in the NFL to be determined, obviously. Tight end position, Mike Jasicki. Nick O'Leary and Durham Smythe. I think Nick O'Leary looks like the better all-around tight end here. Cannot forget Dwayne Allen, who has been uh, smitten by injury, I guess is the word. Probably not the word, but he's 
been battling through injury all offseason long. Again, a guy that is probably better suited as a blocking tight end. But when you look at the depth chart, you got Jasicki, O'Leary, Smythe, and then even Clive Walford. Clive Walford's ahead of Dwayne Allen, so I don't know that, you know, maybe Dwayne Allen, despite being buddy-buddy, despite having a history with the coaching staff, I mean, maybe he has a chance of being cut based on this depth chart, based on what we have not seen throughout all of preseason uh, from Dwayne Allen. So that is something to keep an eye on. Running back position, Kenyon Drake or Kalen Balaj. We know injuries have uh, given way to both guys. I mean, it started out Balaj was the world beater. He was kind of the guy that was number one on that depth chart. Kenyon Drake took over when Balaj went was out a few days, looked as explosive as ever. And now that Kenyon Drake is in a walking boot, uncertain to start week one, Kalen Balaj, the, the hive is back. It's Kalen Balaj season. If you guys are going into your fantasy football drafts, by all means, look into Kalen Balaj. That dude is going to be an absolute stud. Uh, the value is insane. I did a draft with three Dolphin fans, including myself, and somehow Kalen Balaj was still available in the 10th or 11th round uh, for the starting running back by many, uh, by, by many's prediction. That is insane value. Behind him, Mark Walton, Patrick Laird, Miles Gaskins. I think all three of those guys have a chance of making the roster. Mark Walton being the one ahead of those two guys. But Patrick Laird, no one can argue what he did. He has that Rex Burkhead mold to him, you know, Maybe that's just looking at the uh, his skin tone, perhaps. But what he does in the passing game, what he does as a running back, I mean, this guy is Christian McCaffrey light. And the Dolphins should be excited about what they have there, at least from what you see him doing against the second, third, and fourth stringers. Definitely potential there. And again, we know how these uh, New England coaching staffs, we know how they work in the different running backs day in and day out up there in New England. So I would not be surprised if the Dolphins mix in Patrick Laird, Mark Walton, and Miles Gaskins throughout the season. We then look at wide receivers, and the two starters right now, uh, I guess it would be three. We've got Devontae Parker on the boundary. We've got Jakeem Grant behind him. Preston Williams behind him. And Saheed Blacknall would be fourth on the depth chart. On the other side, you got Kenny Stills in the slot. Trent Irwin. It looks like Alan Hearns is behind Irwin. Again, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Alan Hearns or Bryce Butler. There's lots of mouths to feed on that depth chart, and it's going to be very intriguing to see how this shapes up because I do believe, again, if a Dolphins wide receiver gets cut, he will go to a team and he will start instantly. Albert Wilson, Isaiah Ford, Bryce Butler. Again, Bryce Butler, Alan Hearns. Those guys are uh, on the bubble, and those that's, that's a battle you need to keep an eye on. Same with Trent Irwin. I mean, these are guys that... It's hard to say how it's going to shape up. You know, everyone's getting limited snaps, but Albert Wilson should will be a lock in there once he's healthy. Will be a starter. Jakeem Grant will definitely get some reps. Preston Williams, I mean, he was a world beater in the first week. Had some bad drops in week two. Uh, yes, we know the rain had a lot to do with that, but it sounds like this could be an ongoing issue. We've heard reports. Uh, Sutton did a podcast earlier in the week, and you did hear the reports that you know, it, it could be an issue moving forward. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Time to move over to the defensive side. And Charles Harris is absolutely look like the complete opposite of what we saw in those first few years. Uh, yes, he had some help from, you know, the big bodies inside. We know Devon Godchild, Christian Wilkins. They are in there just being big bodies, especially Christian Wilkins. I mean, you see him occupying two blocks on nearly every down, opening things up for Godchild beside and Vincent Taylor when he's in the game. But most importantly, Charles Harris and Tank Caridon opposite of him. I mean, the Dolphins' pass rush has been abysmal. It was an issue. You heard the rumors about Jadavian Clowney, so it was definitely something the team was hoping to maybe address this offseason. But you have to love what you're seeing from Charles Harris. 
He's rising to the occasion. Uh, we, for many months, speculated that this defense could be better suited for him. That seems to be clear as day. Behind him, Nate Orchard. Uh, Andre Holmes behind him. So th there's some there's some potential there, but I think Charles Harris and Nate Orchard have solidified their spot on the 53, obviously. Charles Harris should be the starting defensive end, should be the, the best pass rusher. I mean, from what you see here, I mean, you got him, you got Tank Carradine. Charles Harris should have three, four sacks. He should he should honestly maybe double his career stats uh, as far as gaining the quarterback. So that is something to keep an eye on. But again, none of that could be possible without Christian Wilkins up front, without Devon Godchall and Vincent Taylor, Joey Mbu. I mean, you look at the depth here, and the defensive line has to be one of the, you know, there, there's a lot of uncertainty there. But when you look at the way they play, you look at these big, meaty defensive linemen up front. Uh, they have the ability to get to the the quarterback. I mean, you have to get excited. Ledbetter's pretty good. Dwayne Hendricks, I mean, I mean, a week ago, looked like the best defensive end on the roster. So there's definitely some potential there. You definitely have to wonder how much Brian Flores, you know, his background in New England, all those different players he developed throughout his 15 years. You have to wonder how much of that is showing up in this Dolphins roster. And it speaks volumes, especially when you look at the linebacker. We know Jerome Baker... All offseason long has been praised. He's now wearing the green dot there in Miami. Probably their most explosive linebacker without question. Uh, Raquan McMillan and Kiko Alonso are both continuing to be hampered by injury. It is uncertain of when those two guys will come back. But that's just opening things up for those guys behind them. And right now, AVG is behind Jerome Baker. Uh, Quentin Paul Ling's also on there. But Raquan McMillan, I mean him... He, he could be losing that starting spot, and Sam McGuavian is just absolutely balling. He looked like the best player against Tampa Bay. Seven tackles. I'm getting ready to a cut-up shortly after this that I will post to Twitter early morning while you're eating your Cheerios, drinking your coffee. But Sam McGuavian, the CFL, uh, standout. I mean, you you can't help but look here, sit here and watch him play and think, you know what, this dude has the potential to be very good. We know uh, an interview came out on MiamiDolphins.com where it was basically Brian Flores saying, just go out there, don't overthink it, and just do what you do. You kind of saw that in that last game. Dude is a playmaker, and I do think once McMillan's back, once Kiko, I kind of think they're racing to get back from these injuries because whichever one gets back first could find themselves in the starting rotation, and then Sam McGuavian could take over for the other one. He is currently listed behind Kiko Alonso, and that to me seems like the perfect transition. We know Kiko Alonso is an absolute monster against the run. Uh, we know what he does each and every year, 100 tackles. He goes in there like a freaking missile. But he has some boneheaded plays, and he is not very good in pass coverage. Sam McGuavin, the complete opposite. So I think the future here at the linebacking position, assuming Rayquan McMillan get back to form, I mean, we really have never seen him get back to what we saw at Ohio State, but those last four games last year was, was as good as any from a linebacker. But I think the future here at linebackers, Jerome Baker, Rayquan McMillan, and Sam McGuavin. Yes, Trey Watson would be... Um, it'd be wrong to not sit here and talk about him because he has been an absolute stud throughout preseason. Chase Allen remains on the roster, a special teams maven. But for a unit that started to look like, you know, uh, one of the worst on the roster is start, slowly starting to become, you know, one of the strongest units. So uh, you got to like what you see from this defense. Um, the biggest question mark would be in the secondary. You know, Xavier Howard is going to be the clear-cut shutdown corner. He will follow the team's number one wide receiver through and through. Opposite him, Eric Rose seems to have the inside track at that starting position. We know Cornell Armstrong is behind him. Jamal Wiltz is behind Xavier Howard. Torrey McTire, Jalen Davis. I can sit here and name off these guys all day long, but the Dolphins need help at cornerback. That is, that is apparent. I mean, 
aside from Eric Rowan, Xavier Howard, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick's probably going to play the nickel spot. He's probably going to move around in the secondary, as he should. But, I mean, aside from those three guys, it is a very, very thin position on this roster. And for a New England defense, it loves to use those five those five defensive backs, five, six defensive backs. Uh, they got to find someone. And I do think when someone is cut, they will probably look into that. Probably find a few players, you know, based off of these roster cuts that are impending. Aside from that, we got the safety position. Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, both hampered by injury. That's kind of why Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, took on that role in that last, uh, I guess it would have been Tampa Bay game, even leading up to that in the joint practices. We know Mama Minka came out, wasn't happy, said that he was playing out of position. I guess she wasn't happy with the criticism from Omar Kelly, you know, the unwarranted criticism for a guy that continues to be bounced around from one position to the next, asked to do things you know, that might not suit his game. Clearly, strong safety is not that. But once Rashad Jones is back, once T.J. McDonald is back, expecting Minka Fitzpatrick to be used possibly on the boundary, depending on how Eric Rowe looks. Definitely in the nickel spot. That'll definitely help solidify those corners. Bobby McCain, the free safety. I mean, it looks like this transition to free safety was in his best interest. We know he's already under contract, so that is not an issue. So I think when you're looking at the defense and compared to the offense, I mean, you have to feel a lot better about the defense, especially when your head coach just shut down the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. Yes, we know Bill Belichick had something to do with that, but you got to be excited about the future of this defense. Lots of good pieces there. Same with the offense, but just not as much. I mean, receivers are strong position. The offensive line is a ever-changing thing of musical chair. The offensive line is ever-changing and is a legit game of musical chairs. Uh, how it'll shape up is anyone's guess. Quarterback position, there's no doubt in my mind Josh Rosen will be in the starting rotation sooner than later. How soon is yet to be determined. But overall, not a lot of change, you know, throughout this first three weeks of preseason. It's going to be interesting to see how it shapes up with the dress rehearsal in Jackson. But not too much change, not too much to talk about. It's going to come down to the offensive line. Hopefully, Josh Rosen can continue to push for that starting quarterback spot. Hopefully, Kenyon Drake's back sooner than later. Raekwon's back sooner than later. Kiko as well. Uh, the safeties, obviously, but the Miami Dolphins, I mean, when you're looking at this roster, lots of uncertainty, but lots of potential to build for the future. And at the end of the day, that has to have Dolphin fans excited. And thank you for listening to the August 19th edition of the Finsider Daily right here on the Finsider. I am Josh Houts, and I will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami.
Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.